0: For those who remain, please stand for the reading of God's Word. Good morning, family of God. Our scripture reading from uh, for this morning comes
1: from the book of Isaiah, chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. In that day the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples, of him shall the nations inquire, and
0: his resting place shall be glorious. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. Are you blessed this morning? Um, I know I'm a little
2: biased, but after that worship, it's like, I am filled. Let's just go home. You don't need to hear me say anything to the reading of the scripture. What else do you need? Um, but nonetheless, I have prepared something for you guys. And it is a privilege to stand here at this pulpit and to bring the message to you guys today. Um, if we haven't met, my name is Nathaniel Estrada, everybody calls me Nate, or you can call me Old Nate, because uh, there's there's several other Nates here, and uh, as you can tell, uh, I'm probably the oldest Nate that is in this place, alright? So, uh, thank you so much for, for being here this morning, and this is the second week of Advent that we have to gather together, and you know, I... I don't know that I have ever been in a church that intentionally focused on this time, for me personally, and, the, and, and this time of Advent. And to be able to, to look at, at these scriptures, to be able to focus on things like waiting and things like hoping and things like preparing, it's been a blessing to me. It's been a blessing to, to myself as I'm preparing. It's been a blessing, and I, ha- I hope that it's been special for you so far in these two Sundays of Advent. So before we begin, uh, let's pray. God, you are awesome. You are good, and you are so gracious to us. God, I thank you so much for every opportunity that we have to gather together. To gather together in this house, to gather together in your name.
0: God, I pray this morning that you would speak, that I could play the background, and that your word, your truth, would come forward. God, I thank you so much for this time of Advent, as we wait and hope, prepare
2: for Christmas, as we hope, wait, and prepare for your second Advent,
0: your second coming. God, we praise you this morning. We thank you this morning for all the blessings that you've given us. Amen. As you may know, we are walking through the book of Isaiah,
2: a few prophetic passages in Isaiah during this year's time of Advent and it has it's been a joy, it's been a pleasure to be able to jump in to this time of Advent with the book of Isaiah and and I thank God for this opportunity that, that that he uh, put on John Mark's heart to, to let me stand up here and say, I don't know what you're thinking, uh, but to let me stand up here and, and to learn and to just dive into this book of Isaiah. It's, it's been great. It's been awesome to see how, I mean, I, I haven't done this deep of a dive and, and to see how, how actually deep it is and how wide it is and, and, and how, how, how just magnificent this book of Isaiah is. And so I am grateful for this opportunity. And uh, you know, uh, uh, another uh, the same wise man told me the book of Isaiah and the book of Psalms are the two most important books uh, of prophecy for our Christians in uh, in the Old Testament to understand. And it's true. There's so much for us to understand. And these two books. So uh, after you finish studying Isaiah, I know you had homework last week for studying some of the scriptures. So after Isaiah, you can study Psalms. Can I give homework? Is that a? Can I do that? Can I? I can give homework too. Okay. So I'm standing up here. I can do that too. Yeah. We got some professors in the classroom. They know about homework. I'm a teacher. That's what I do. I give homework. So um, no, it's 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 awesome. It's great. I I highly encourage. Um, but. Uh, a side note also, did you know, sorry, my ADD is kicking in. Did you know that uh, both Isaiah and Psalms were two, the only two whole books that were found with the Dead Sea Scrolls? God was trying to do something there. God was saying something there. These are important. I'm going to keep them together. Okay, that was for free. That was for free. So, as I started my dive into Isaiah to to get prepared for this I had to do a little bit of background to figure out what's going on, where are we at, and we are in chapter 11, right? We're in chapter 11 of Isaiah, and um, maybe it's just me as I'm preparing, as I'm reading, and I I feel like some of the most prolific scriptures in the Bible, um, the writers feel like they have some sort of ADD like me. And so, you're reading Paul, and he's talking about one subject in in his epistle, and then all of a sudden he jumps to another subject, and then later on he comes back to that subject, and you're like, huh, what what, in the world is going on here? Well, it feels random sometimes, it feels like it, but I, I had to take into account, well, they don't have Microsoft Word. They can't just edit and paste and move things around like I can with technology,
0: right? But also... This book of Isaiah, specifically, it's a glorious piece of work. It is put exactly where it needs to be, and God orchestrated it to be that way. The uh, the best
2: description, as I was reading, as I was studying, as I was trying to figure out, well, how do I how do I find my way through this through this uh, through this book? And the best way that I found, and uh, guys, give me a, can I get a thumbs up if that work, is working back there? Okay, good, good, good. All right, sweet. So the best way that I found to look at this this, this book of Isaiah is, is to look out at it as if you're a mountain, um, if it's a mountain range. And at first you look at it and you, you see this long mountain range ahead of you and you're walking down through and you're, you're going to go up to the peak and then you're going to go down and it's going to be, you know, a nice drive up and a nice drive down and you're going to go through the book of Isaiah. But as you as you start to read and you start to see that there's there's different styles and there's different pieces, there's different motifs, there's different poetry, there's different narratives, there's different uh past and future and present, and there's all these things, and you're like, well, how do I look at this? So if you would, go to number two, picture number two, and maybe if you look at it as if you're in the mountain range, rather than looking at it from the the front side, and you're looking and you see these peaks, and you see these valleys, and you see the trees, and you see the glorious picture that is right there in front of you. I know it's kind of small, but it's beautiful, right? Right? There, there are different intricacies in there and there are different levels of mountains and there, there's the past and there's the present and you can look all around you. So when we're reading these scriptures, know that it's not just one, just, just one canvas, it's 3D. It's all around you and you're looking at it as if it is that way. So, as John Mark said last week, it's, it's as if Isaiah has... His pen in hand, and he's painting a masterpiece, right? And this masterpiece, this picture, is going to tug at your soul. It's going to to bring you this beautiful picture of hope and peace. And I hope that it does that as we go through this scripture in chapter 11. So let me tell you what I found. Let me tell you what I saw. Let me me show you... um, Hopefully, by the grace of God, what he wants you to understand from this awesome passage. Um, hopefully, we learn a little bit of something about the past, a little bit something about the present, a little bit of something about the second advent of the Messiah. So, uh, here we are, chapter 11, verse 1. And it, it jumps right in, you're talking about a stump, and it's like, well, wait, what, why is there a stump, right? What, what happened here? And you have to kind of go back to chapters 9 and 10 real quick, and you can get more details in 2 Kings, and you can get more details in Chronicles, but... You go back, and there's a divided kingdom, right? And you have the northern kingdom of Israel, and you have the southern kingdom of Judah, and Israel was sinning, Israel had strayed far away from God. They were following their kings, and they were going in the wrong direction. And so God used Assyria to come down and bring his judgment, right? Because basically, there was injustice, You can see this chapter 10. There was oppression. The widows were being preyed upon. The children were being preyed upon. It was a bad time. And then, God used Assyria to take over, and things didn't get any better, right? It didn't get any better, and they brought more godlessness. They were exiled. There was social chaos. We can identify with with these things, right? Some of us can identify with this social chaos. And then... To top it off, the Assyrians were like, look at us. Look at what we've done. Look how look how great we, we have toppled the kingdom of God. But then God said, hang on just a second. I'm still using you. And now I'm going to bring judgment upon you. And Israel is going to be taken out with them. And that's where we find ourselves. That's where we see this first image that Isaiah paints. We find ourselves with a stump in verse 1. And I don't know if you guys remember, right here on Johnson Drive, that's this, this street right here um, that goes through in front of the school. And several years ago, there wasn't a, a, a walkway, a path, a sidewalk. Do you guys remember this? Anybody? Some of you don't remember this. But there used to be 50-foot trees in front of every other house down this street. Does anybody remember this? Okay. A couple of you remember this. And one day, it wasn't even that long ago. It might have been maybe a year ago. I'm driving, I've been driving to this church for 20 something years. I'm driving up and all of a sudden,
0: something's weird. I'm driving up to the church and like, what in the world is going on here? The trees were gone. The trees had been cut down. And I was like, ah.
2: Like It, it, it kind of hurt a little bit inside. And so I have this picture I want you to, to look at. The picture of a stump. A picture of what you can imagine that Isaiah is painting here for us. Here you see a picture of devastation. You see a picture of sadness.
0: What was once a great forest of trees... Is now just stumps, and, I, and I,
2: I'm not trying to make a, a call to action here for trees. It, it, it's just how do you, feel, how does that make you feel? It's sad, right? It's sad because you see that something that once was great, that had been, that had grown for a long time,
0: it's just gone. It's just stumps. God's people were devastated. God's people, the remnant of Israel, were in need of hope.
2: Because this is what they saw. They were in need of peace because there was just chaos. Have you ever been here? Have you ever been to this point
0: where you look at your life and all you see is destruction? You look at your life and you lost your job. You look at your life, and next thing you know, your parents are getting divorced.
2: You look at your life, and you're failing school. You look
0: at your life, and your marriage is a wreck. Your home life is in shambles. You look at your life, and your loved ones are passing on. You don't know where to go. You don't know what to do. Here in chapter 11, Isaiah is bringing a word of hope. If you don't know
2: what to do, read this book of Isaiah. Read this chapter right here, it's great. Verse 1 There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse,
0: and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. The stump. Obviously, there was a tree. Obviously, it was a pig. And whose stump is it, Jesse? Who's Jesse?
2: Who's his son? David. David is a son. And who's that? Who's that shoot in that branch that is stepping out? Christ. Christ Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus is the branch. He's the one that's coming out. He's the one that's bringing hope. And you know, not that long ago, we read already. Uh, In Luke, right, several weeks ago, we're reading in Luke the genealogy of the Messiah, right? Chapter 3, chapter 4, and we see that he was in the lineage of David. And David, obviously, is the lineage of Jesse. We see the connection that the New Testament is making here with the Old Testament. And Isaiah is telling them, wait upon the Lord, because there's going to be restoration.
0: He's going to bring regeneration from this stump that had been torn down. A shoot is going to come up from that remnant, and it's going to bear fruit. This
2: is just one of those peaks. When we look at that valley that we were looking at, this is just one of those peaks in, in the distant future. And they don't know when, and they don't know how, but they're reading this, and they're like, What? What, what are you talking about, Isaiah? How far off is this?
0: Well, we're here standing in the future. We know how far off. Anybody want to guess? Anybody remember? 700 plus years. Till Jesus comes. Can you imagine waiting that long? Can you
2: imagine when he's talking about, uh, when he's talking about, look, here comes a shoot. Here's something's coming up, and then you're having to wait. John Mark was talking about it last week. We're a generation. We're the fast food generation.
0: We're the microwave generation, and we want things now. We have no patience. But the people of Israel, the remnant of Israel, had to have patience. The people of Israel had to wait for God to move. So let's fall on our knees and ask God to give us patience because we don't have it. Let's ask for this regeneration of our families,
2: this regeneration of our, of our lives, this regeneration, this
0: restoration of our people, of our city, of our church. Then we go to verse two and the spirit of the Lord rested upon him and the spirit of wisdom with the spirit of
2: wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Here we see what God is what 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 could be one of these little peaks in the mountain range where Jesus is uh, at the first advent and he's come. And we read that in chapter three. Uh, of of Luke that the Spirit of God rested upon Jesus and identified Jesus at his baptism that he was the Son of God that he was the coming Messiah and we know that the Spirit of God descends and comes upon those who are about to be used by God we see it countless times throughout history throughout this book of the Bible the whole thing the Spirit of God rests upon them, and God uses them. It doesn't matter who you. It could be Samson. It could be a horrible person, but God ends up using you. And then in the rest of the verse 2, you see that there's a continuation of these attributes that, that we look at with Christ. The wisdom and understanding, counsel and knowledge that is so different than everybody else. So different Than what we know to be wisdom and counsel and knowledge, verses three and four. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by what his eyes see, and he will decide disputes by what his ears. He will or he will not decide disputes by what his ears hear. But the righteous, but with the righteous, he shall judge the poor with righteousness and decide with equity. For the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his lips shall kill the wicked.
0: Isn't it true that we as humans don't see people like Jesus saw people? When he looked at people, he didn't look at them with their eyes. He looked right through to their heart. He didn't
2: decide what people were going to do just based off the politics of his day.
0: He did it off of what was righteous and what was true. And he not only did it in those days,
2: but we can say that this could also be one of those peaks in the future of his second advent when he comes to judge in righteousness, when he comes to judge
0: the land and bring his second coming. He's going to tear down that which is evil. That's definitely coming.
2: We've seen part of this come true already. Why don't we believe the rest of it? Why shouldn't we believe the rest of it? All these things that are coming true, let's keep looking forward to what God is going to do, to where God is going to make things right, and he's going to take out the evil, and he's going to take out the wicked in the world. Amen? Verse 5. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. Feel a little Ephesians six connection here and, and 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 girding yourself and putting on these things, he's the ultimate example. Why not? It's hard to comprehend, but for us with all this uh all these things going on around us and, and we forget that we need to put on some things. We need to put on this righteousness. We need to put on this faithfulness. Because all the things that are going on around us, they distract us. And we forget to put our clothes on. We don't go outside
0: without clothes on. Christ is the ultimate example. Christ is the ultimate example. So, Let's praise God. Let's praise God that he's a just judge.
2: Let's praise God that he's a righteous judge. Let's praise God that he's a faithful judge. Because here in verses 6 through 8, this is what we have to look forward to. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fatted calf together, and the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like an ox. Their nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weakened child, the weaned child,
0: shall put his hand on the adder's den. Here, I think we can safely say that it's one of those peaks
2: far off, that second advent, that second coming, because we know... That what this is talking about is different. It's weird. It's strange. What do you mean a wolf and a lamb lying together? What do you mean leopards and goats? What do
0: you mean babies and snakes hanging around together? It could be literal. When he comes back, it could be literal. We
2: could see animals like this grazing around. It could be figurative. It could be that the nation's that once were at enmity, now are at peace. It could be that for us parents, we no longer have to worry about letting our kids go outside because there will be peace. Man, that's, as a parent, that's one of the scariest things, right? Right, Miss Melissa? Worrying about your kids.
0: Not about Max. Not about Max. But can you imagine, can you imagine what it's like, what it will be like when there's peace? God. I can't, I can't imagine it. What is it like? What is it like? What will it be like? It's going to be great. It's going to be good. It's going to be life changing. Verse nine.
2: And they shall hurt. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the
0: Lord as the waters cover the sea. We just read this earlier. Israel will return to Mount Zion, that highest mountain.
2: And instead of worshiping other gods like they did, instead of messing up,
0: instead of placing idols... They're going to worship God in spirit and in truth. And we will get to see it. And we will be there worshiping God in spirit and in truth on that Mount Zion. Because the gospel will have reached the ends of the earth.
2: The gospel will go out and all the nations will see we talked about this last week too that all the nations will come And they will see and they will hear
0: and they will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord. Just like the waters cover the sea. It's coming. I don't know when, I don't know how long, but God is not not slow as some would see slow. God God has his time, not our time, but it's coming and there will be a day. There will be a day where verse 10
2: comes to happen. And here we are. I like this this group of this section of Isaiah because it gives me a nice start and it gives me a nice bookend here and we end up back where we started in verse 1. We end up back in verse 10 and he says, In that day, the root of Jesse who shall stand as a signal, or some, some Bible say sign for the peoples. A sign for the peoples of him shall the nations inquire,
0: and his resting place will be glorious. I want to check your memories real quick. Real quick. Year is 2020. The, day, the month is October. The day is the 26th. Alright? Anybody know what happened on that day? Who's got that eidetic memory? 2020, October 26th. It has to do with precipitation and cold. What was it? The ice storm. There's an ice storm
2: in 2020. We had this tree outside. Uh, Host not in here, but she loves this tree. It's a red bud. How many of you love red buds? Beautiful trees, beautiful trees. Love it in the spring when they're budding and you see that purple, blue. I don't know what color because I'm colorblind, but it's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. It doesn't matter what color it is. I like it. Okay? I like it. And that tree happened to be right next to another tree that had just grown when we bought the house. It was like it was a little tiny tree and
0: it started growing and it grew bigger than my red bud tree. I don't know what kind of stupid tree it is. But it grew. And I noticed Hope noticed our little red bud wasn't looking so hot. And then twenty twenty comes. And the ice storm comes. And the branches fall. And Hope's like, Man, it's gone there's no hope that that tree is done but guess what something happened I thought it was done too but when spring came around a shoot came up a shoot came up from the root of that tree and guess what that told me it ain't dead people It's not done yet. It's still alive. There's
2: still something going on here in the roots. And it's trying to make a way.
0: It's trying to continue to do what God meant it to do. We look back to the Old Testament, and there was a tree right in the middle. What was it called? What? The Garden of Eden. Tree in the middle. Well, I guess there's two trees, technically, right? So that's a trick question. Well, what's one? The tree of good and evil, knowledge of good and evil, and the tree of life was in the middle. And when Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve did what they did, God had to take them out of that Garden of Eden. That tree of life Was no longer accessible to them. From then on, that tree that God started to build up in Israel starts to grow and they become powerful. And verse one becomes a stump. I guess 34 of the previous. It looks like it's gonna happen, it looks like it's doing good, and then it's gone. But then Shoot comes up seven hundred years later. Jesus is born.
2: It's the sign. What does verse ten say? And who and in that day the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a
0: sign for the peoples. Jesus said, I am the tree of life. You're gonna have life through me. And there he stood, like Moses. Yes, he didn't stand, he was hung on a tree. Like Moses, who was
2: holding up the staff. And everybody had to look upon him. And everybody had to look at the pain. And everybody had to look at the misery.
0: And everybody had to look and say, I thought this was it. I thought this was the one. But then it's being broken. It's, then it's being torn apart. And it looks like there's going to be a stump again. But guess what? Guess what? Three days later, that shoot popped up. It didn't stay in the ground.
2: It says his resting place shall be Glorious. Not in the ground. Not six feet deep. Or not in the... No, they weren't six feet deep. <laughs> Sorry, that was, that was my error. They were, they were not put in the ground, were they? They were in tombs. They were
0: placed... He didn't stay there. That's my brother, by the yeah. way. <laughs> and this... Picture that we see here. I think of my brother. That for 20 years. He strayed. 20, Maybe 25. But my mom didn't lose hope. He trusted. She trusted. in the Savior that we're reading about. God made a way, right, Rigel? God made a shoot grow up inside you.
2: The Holy Spirit came upon you. And now he's out there ministering. And now he's out there sharing the gospel. And now he's doing what verse 9 said, to spread the
0: gospel to all the ends of the earth. And here we are in this place and we look
2: at The news and we look at social media and the wars and rumors of wars and depression and murder and rape and suicide and the destruction of the
0: family and there's just chaos. We need hope. We need peace. We need that branch to hold on to. We need Jesus to come back. And we know he's coming back. Because he said so, right? He said so. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. He said, and I'm going to come back and take you with me. So that we can have
2: hope. So that we can know that this is not all there is.
0: So that we can know that we will see our past loved ones again. Let me end with this verse, Isaiah chapter 4, verse 2. It's one of those peaks that you look back on, kind of in a weird spot, but in that
2: valley, in that same valley, you look back, chapter 4, verse 2, it says, On that day, the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious. And the fruit of the land will be pride and glory will be the pride and glory of Israel's survivors. Revelation 21:4 says, "And he will wipe every tear from their eyes,
0: and there will be no more death, and there will be no more mourning. There will be no more crying, there will be no more pain. For the older things. Passed away. Amen. So as we wait, as we see these candles, hope and peace, and we wait for that second advent,
2: we wait and we hope.
0: Got to be prepared. We got to be ready. We got to prepare our families. We got to prepare our neighbors. We got to prepare our hearts for that second coming of the Messiah. Stand up with me. I've got a question for you. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's prepare ourselves. Let's look deep inside. Where are we at? Are we in pain? Are we in the middle of destruction? Do all we see is stumps around us? Will you go back to that last picture? To the shoot? If you notice, that stump right there. At the bottom of that stump, there's this green little shoot sticking up. I didn't even notice
2: it the first time that I grabbed this picture. But there it was. Perfect. There it is. Shoot. Are you ready? Are you waiting in hope? Are you preparing your heart? Are you preparing your life? Are you prepared to do away with some of the things that are holding you back? Are you prepared to lead your family? Are you pre- prepared to walk in the direction that God has called you to walk? Are you prepared to step in faith because you have you
0: weren't sure if this is real. You weren't sure if this is true. You weren't sure if this is all what it's all cracked up to be. And I want to tell you it is.
2: I want to tell you it's not going to be easy. We just saw these stumps, we saw
0: all the pain, we saw we see the misery every day. But there's hope. There's peace in our future. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but it's coming. Pray with me. God, I thank you so much. I thank you so much for Sundays. For bringing us all together in this place. God, I thank you more for this word. I thank you for the hope that it brings. I thank you for the peace
2: that we have to look forward to. I thank you for your son
0: who came and said, look, here I am. I am the shoot that you've been waiting for. Trust in me. Follow me, take up your cross, and
2: let's bring the kingdom of God. God, I thank you so much for your grace. I thank you that even though we have failed you, even though we we stumble, even though we have fallen, even though we are broken, even though our families are in shambles, even though we've messed up, God, your grace is enough. I pray that you would continue to break us and mold us into who you have called us to be. I pray that you would allow us to set down our pride and set down our lives and set down the things that are holding us back and that we would look forward and we would launch into what you have for us. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the leadership. I thank you for what I've learned in this short amount of time from them. I thank you for the example that they are setting and God I pray that each one of us would follow that example. God give us strength. Give us humility. Help us to choose you. Help us to choose to believe in your second advent.
0: God I thank you for all these things. In Jesus name. Amen. Let's worship.